Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Believers have God's promise that when we faithfully obey Him and don't give up, we will enjoy the very best returns. Let the Lord encourage your heart as Joe Vasek, pastor of Northeast Baptist Church of Danbury, Connecticut, urges us to stay the course. The circuit-riding preacher played an important role in the Methodist Church in its early years. John Wesley, the founder of the Methodists, is remembered for his extensive travels on horseback preaching God's Word. The term circuit rider became popular in America as the Methodists worked here to reach people in the ever-expanding frontier. Probably the best-known American circuit-riding preacher was Peter Cartwright. Peter Cartwright was a rugged and fearless hellfire and brimstone circuit-riding preacher who lived from 1785 to 1872 and preached 15,000 sermons over the course of 50 years in circuits throughout Kentucky, Tennessee, Illinois, Indiana, and Ohio, leading many thousands of people to Jesus Christ. We know a great deal about Peter Cartwright's life and ministry due to the fact that in 1856 he published his autobiography, The Backwoods Preacher. He was born in Amherst County, Virginia. Then his family moved to the wilderness of Kentucky not long after the Revolutionary War ended. We have in Peter Cartwright's own words the glorious details of how he got saved. Listen as he gives his salvation testimony. I was naturally a wild, wicked boy and delighted in horse racing, card playing, and dancing. My father restrained me but little, though my mother often talked to me, wept over me, and prayed for me and often drew tears from my eyes. And though I often wept under preaching and resolved to do better and seek religion, yet I broke my vows, went into young company, rode races, played cards, and danced. At length, my father gave me a young racehorse, which well nigh proved my everlasting ruin, and he bought me a pack of cards, and I was a very successful young gambler. And though I was not initiated into the tricks of regular gamblers, yet I was very successful in winning money. This practice was very fascinating and became a special besetting sin to me, so that, for a boy, I was very much captivated by it. In 1801, when I was in my 16th year, my father, my eldest half-brother, and myself attended a wedding about five miles from home, where there was a great deal of drinking and dancing, which was very common at marriages in those days. I drank little or nothing. My delight was in dancing. After a late hour in the night, we mounted our horses and started for home. A few minutes after we had put up the horses and were sitting by the fire, I began to reflect on the manner in which I had spent the day and evening. I felt guilty and condemned. I rose and walked the floor. An awful impression rested on my mind that death had come and I was unprepared to die. I fell on my knees and began to ask God to have mercy on me. My mother sprang from her bed and was soon on her knees by my side praying for me. Next morning, I rose, feeling wretched beyond expression. I tried to read in the Testament and retired many times to secret prayer through the day, but found no relief. Soon it was noised abroad that I was distracted and many of my associates in wickedness came to see me, to try and divert my mind from those gloomy thoughts of my wretchedness, but all in vain. The local preacher was sent for. He tried to point me to the bleeding lamb, 
and prayed for me most fervently. Still, I found no comfort. I was sorely tempted to believe I was a reprobate and doomed and lost eternally without any chance of salvation. One day I was walking and wringing my hands in great anguish, trying to pray, on the borders of utter despair. It appeared to me that I heard a voice from heaven saying, Peter, look at me. A feeling of relief flashed over me as quick as an electric shock. It gave me hopeful feelings and some encouragement to seek mercy. But still, my load of guilt remained. Some days after, my soul was in an agony. I wept, I prayed, and said, Now, Lord, if there is mercy for me, let me find it. And it really seemed to me that I could almost lay hold of the Savior and realize a reconciled God. But three months rolled away, and still I did not find the blessing of the pardon of my sins. On a Saturday evening, I went to a meeting and bowed and earnestly prayed for mercy. In the midst of a solemn struggle of soul, an impression was made on my mind, as though a voice said to me, Thy sins are all forgiven thee. Divine light flashed all around me. Unspeakable joy sprung up in my soul. I rose to my feet, opened my eyes, and it really seemed as if I was in heaven. My mother raised the shout. My Christian friends crowded around me and joined me in praising God. And though I have been since then in many instances unfaithful, yet I have never for one moment doubted that the Lord did, then and there, forgive my sins and give me religion. That's Peter Cartwright's salvation testimony. And though not everyone has experienced such prolonged agony in receiving the assurance of their salvation, many people have a similar story to his. I certainly do. Peter Cartwright went on to have a great impact for Christ in America's frontier throughout the 1800s and a lasting legacy as a preacher of the gospel. Christian, the testimony of your salvation can be a powerful tool in the hand of God. Stay the course. We pray that today's program was a blessing to you. If you have any questions or comments, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at staythecourse at nbcdanbury.org. God bless you.